You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a fabulous episode, a very special March episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming, uh, who was not here last week, so hello. I hope I hope your uh, your 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 house is more empty and you have more free time for games now. <laughs> yes, much more time. I hear uh, Lex took the hot seat. Yeah, he uh, jumped in and it was really fun. We just talked nice. talked all about our OSR stuff and, and various oh. uh, Kickstarters that we were excited for because uh, I think you knew this, but February was Zine Month. So yes. there were like a whole bunch of really cool zines that were on itch and stuff. And I, I backed a few of them here and there. Uh, and yeah, speaking of zines, what's this zine? One of my Kickstarters came in, so this would have been a perfect topic for last week. I'll just get into it. This is Dungeoneering from the, uh, Quest Zion OSR. Nate Whittington was the, um, author of this Grinning Rat Publications. He lives here in my hometown. Oh, sweet. So when I saw this being Kickstarted, I'm like, Hey, somebody's building a game in my town. I'm going to kickstart it. So I just got that in the mail on Friday. That's awesome. And I, I bet you saved a lot of money on shipping. Probably. Yeah. He could have walked it over. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. Uh, I backed... Cool. Uh, well, sorry, I didn't back. I bought um, a zine called Dragon Town, And mm. then I found out that the author, who's uh, J.P. Uh, Kuvit, I think is his name, or, or maybe it's French and you don't pronounce the Vs. I'm not sure. But uh, he follows me on Instagram and was just like, hey, I wrote that. And I'm like, you did. I bought that. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'll send you some more. So he he found out my address from sending me the other one, and he sent me a whole bunch of his other collection stuff. And so ah, cool. I'm going to read through them all and then probably do a video or something on it. But that was really nice of him. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in the world of D&D news, if you're new here, we're a D&D talk show where we kind of talk about news and just little things that are in the tabletop RPG community. Lots of Dungeons and Dragons. And the next book that we know of coming out on on uh, 10 days away on March 15th is March 15th. Call of the Netherdeep. And this is the Critical Role Campaign 3 specific... Uh, not a gazetteer. It's not... It's, 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 it's like adventure. both. It's an adventure, but it also has yeah. a bunch of information on that uh that continent and i guess that's how they have been enjoying uh lately it seems like the books that they've been creating have been like that where Mm -hmm. it's a it's not just a campaign world to go play in it's usually like most of an adventure and then a lot of like little things that you can do here and there so i don't know i haven't heard a lot of buzz about this other than DD beyond doing or wizards of the coast doing interviews with matt mercer uh maybe they're hyping it up more on the train on the Critical Role show, but it seems even then I hear that they're doing Elden Ring one-shots, so everyone's <laughs> playing Elden Ring these days. That seems, yeah, that seems to be everywhere. Every time I jump onto YouTube, YouTube wants me to watch 55 different Elden Ring videos for some reason. Like, if one's not enough. It's got to show me all of these other content creators that are making them for some reason. Yeah. It's crazy. It has hit the the space pretty hard, the gaming space pretty hard. Um, but there's a lot of good games out there. And yeah, I didn't think when I watched the show a couple weeks ago, I don't even think they mentioned call of the nether deep that I can remember. Um, so I wouldn't say they, there's a big hype train. There's definitely some videos on D and D their YouTube channel. There's D D beyond has some stuff up for it, but that's about the only places I've seen it. I haven't seen a lot on Twitter about, People talk about, yeah, I can't wait to start my Netherdeep campaign, or I haven't heard about Netherdeep yeah, live and, shows starting. Or And I wonder know, if it's because I'm shows. not in that uh, uh, that critical role mm-hmm. Twitterverse as much as I am in the tabletop RPG Twitterverse. But yeah. part of me also feels that I think, I feel like the entire community has taken a pause to play that video game, Elden Ring. <laughs> Um, and it's funny how you said your YouTube is blowing up with Elden Ring. So is mine, but also the steam deck because everyone's talking about all of that too. So (laughs) it's been a big like video game push, uh, for the last, I don't know, a couple weeks. And I, my, my personal gaming group here in town, they're all playing it on PS5. And so our regular D and D chat has turned into just like all of the Elden Ring secrets that they find. So it's kind of interesting. 
Very interesting. Well, uh, I mean, it looks good, and I think it's something that maybe I want to get into eventually. But before that, I was getting into Lost Ark, which was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. the popular thing two weeks before that. Just as, you know, some of the other stuff was dropping, it was, and I'm still having a great time with that. I'm still playing um, uh, Path of the, of the Righteous. I'm still playing some of these other cool games that have just come out also. And there's just so little time to play so many games. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> well, and that's that's both with tabletop games as well. But I yeah. wanted to bring it back to that tabletop. The idea of it is that this is a, Elder Ring is a Souls game. So it's like Dark Souls. It's supposed to be really punishing. And you, you get, uh, uh, you die a lot and you're supposed to learn from your deaths and things like that. Um, and Cody from Taking 20 had an interesting tweet where he, he was kind of, well, I shouldn't say criticizing, but he was comparing like people love this like gritty, dark, I can die at a whim kind of concept in a video game. But when you apply that to D&D, they get all upset because they die. And I chimed in saying, well, if you had a respawn system so that you didn't lose your character, maybe mm. that gritty death would be more interesting as like, how do I actually overcome this monster? Uh, and so it got me thinking, I know that there's a Dark Souls tabletop RPG that's based on 5e that's going to come out or has been released. Or I think it'll be released soon. I saw Ted had a had a video on it on Nerd Immersion. But do you think that's viable? Like, do you think that you could have this repeated death kind of concept in a tabletop RPG, or I should say in a, like a D and D kind of setting. I was just going to say, well, sure. It's called OSR <laughs> and there's a whole community that loves it and will play it. And they want to play zero level funnels all day long and all night long. So they love the idea that their farmer dies or one of their guys makes it, but their other three didn't. Mm-hmm. I think when you added the caveat dungeons and dragons game, I think that, pulls in the different i want to be a superhero or i put a lot of investment in a single character yeah so there is where i think it falls if you can't play that character again and i think elden ring would be the same way if if that character died and it just erased everything and said okay create your new character i don't know if so many people would be you know on board as much as they are with it being able to go back and try again, go back and try again, yeah, and go that's back and try again. Kind of so. the the roguelike aspect, right? Where you yeah. you see how far you can get, mm-hmm. and then you die. You have to start over from the beginning. And yeah. I want to like those kind of video games, but I find that I don't. And a mm-hmm. perfect example, I think, is uh, I've talked about it before, but Caves of of Cud, Caves of Qud, yeah, Caves of Cud. and you start a character, and I have never gotten past like level three. Maybe I got to <laughs> level four once, because ultimately I overextend because I'm kind of just like exploring because it's an exploration game. But then you get punished for that, and then you have to start over. Uh, I and then the world is like re randomly generated, so it's not like I can go back to that place that I know very familiar kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, they've since then implemented a bunch of stuff where you can now have save checkpoints at settlements. And I started a new game with that concept and I still have died a lot, but because of that checkpoint system, I'm now like level 15 and really enjoying the game in a whole new like level, like a whole new way. And so I don't know, like I, but I was wondering if, uh, and then another person on Twitter was talking about, uh, why don't we have save points in D&D? Like, did you ever consider that? And I was like, no, but that would be kind of cool to have like mm-hmm. that crystal that, I don't know, reincarnates you or regenerates you with all of your items or something. And and at its heart, it is a game. Why don't we video gamify the the experience? So that's my my like little thought for the day. Got me right, thinking right. all the Elden Ring stuff. <laughs> Don't video gameify my tabletop game. Hey, you don't have to play my game. That's fine. So. Uh, but speaking of video <laughs> games, Baldur's Gate 3 has a release date. I It's not out. It was always in early access, right? Yeah, it's been in early access for a while. Um, a long time, because I thought it was they, like... They, maybe they released it too early, because I feel like early access should be like six months, maybe. But this has been yeah, like three, been. two years. It feels years. like it's been a year, two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early access. Um, and it came around just because they just recently did a did their panel from hell which i think was a, a one-year anniversary or a two-year anniversary or whatever and they had mentioned that you know the the main director feels like looking at everything they've got 
They still have about a year's of work left. They just released in their last patch the Barbarian class, so they brought yeah. a whole other class. Are they trying to get all the classes in? Maybe. Some people have speculated that. I don't know if they're going to But they've get never said... Like, but they're still yeah. missing like monk, paladin, and bards. So it's possible either some of those come in, all of them come in in a year, or only one of them or none of them. Possibly if they just want to keep, um, you know, changing the game. The brand new UI. So if you if you did join the um, early play back in like we did it back in almost like a year ago, it feels like and. If you play it now, it definitely will look different. And definitely, they've tightened a lot of stuff up. They've fixed a lot of bugs. So it's definitely one of those things you could go back and you could try again and, and see some of the, how it's improved from the first time you tried it if you did that. Um, so I thought that was interesting. It's So maybe a 2023 March release, maybe about a year out is what they're thinking. Um, they did say the whole, you know, it'll be out when it's done kind of thing, which is kind of what some... Um, you know, game designers like to say when they want to say, you know, our game will be out when we get it finished. Well, and it's, ready. You, it's because you can't put a date on it. Like if, no, the, the minute you put crazy. a date, you rush it. And so they're just like, yeah. I don't know, like, why not? But uh, yeah, somebody uh, in chat was just saying they've, they're getting free uh, QA, like basically, or you're paying them to test their video game as yeah, what yeah, actually is it. happening. So. <laughs> um, and I've never really understood early release. I don't think I've ever bought an early release game. Uh, I, I, I get frustrated downloading free demos when the demos don't work correctly. So I don't think I would want to pay for something <laughs> and then be like, oh, this is not working. Uh, but it's weird, the hype around that game, because I feel like it's out and has is done and gone. You know, when it actually releases, I wonder if there's going to be like a renaissance of people playing it again or if it's or, just yeah like, has everybody that wanted to play it already have it now so yeah that's playing. that's i but guess my the actual like, launch look like but, who's yeah. who's still streaming this on twitch and will they be doing it again once yeah. it's like officially released like i don't yeah. see that happening but uh i don't know maybe not true I, there is actually surprisingly enough and i've just been kind of diving into it the last few months um there's a really big crpg community out there People that love the Baldur's Gate. The, oh, the isometric RPGs. Yeah, the yeah. The Divinity. They love those, you know, yeah. And they're playing them all the time. They're doing speed runs. They'll do hardcore modes. They'll do special runs. They'll do, oh, I want to try this class. So I'm going to do this full class playthroughs. And there's just whole channels dedicated to. Oh, and, yeah. And I didn't mean like. So there's a big community that watches. There is a big I mean, community. I'm watching it right so. now. I don't yeah, mean yeah. that uh, who's streaming this on Twitch. I shouldn't have said that because there will always. <laughs> people stream everything on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there are those. Uh, there's big swaths of gamers that just grab onto the latest yeah, big video game new. and they play that because people want to watch the latest big video game. I don't mm -hmm. think that those people will pick up Baldur's Gate 3 once it's officially released, but I don't know. You're right. There's all these eight-year-olds that were only eight when it first came out and they'll be 10 and they'll be ready for a CRPG. <laughs> they'll be 16 when Baldur's <laughs> Gate 3 is done. And now they're really, you know, into that kind yeah. of thing when before they weren't, they were, no, I don't know. So, but um, I, I agree yeah. with you. I love, I love those types of games, those isometric RPGs. And I love playing yeah. older games in general, like uh, the Baldur's Gate 2 and uh, Planescape Torment was a lot of fun to go through. And I've replayed yeah. Neverwinter Nights. I can't tell you how many times. So yeah. And right Right now it's kind of my go-to if i want to have something playing while i'm doing something else and i can listen to somebody going through a Baldur's gate run or going through a the one i've been watching the most has been the pathfinder uh wrath of the the righteous one i've been watching a ton of that of different people playing it different ways they mm -hmm. went through it different choices they've been making um and just seeing different things and i like to just have it off in the side because i kind of you don't have to pay attention to it <clears throat> directly but it can be going and you can see an interesting part and they're usually long so if you're ever looking for like long form i just want something that while i'm doing my other work and i just you know like listening to the radio almost i like to just listen to these crpg playthroughs and stuff so i'm watching and listening to a bunch of them right now yeah as fun. i've been playing more video games i find myself listening to more actual play podcasts yeah uh, because it is something that i can kind of just like listen to and catch the fun parts uh, and it's nice to have something on in the background kind of a thing. So, yeah. 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 So that's pretty cool. I thought, um, I think the barbarian class looks pretty cool. Um, they did have the two subclasses, Wildheart and Berserker were the two they chose, which was interesting. If of all the, 
you know, ones that they could choose. And the one that mm-hmm. I think they have access to everything D and D allows. So they really could yeah. choose anything at that point. So yeah, I there's probably, there's probably like a contract <laughs> thing, but, and a lot of those classes maybe weren't ready, but by the time that they were taking them, but it is interesting. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if they look at it as game designers and devs and wonder this will be easier to put into our existing framework of code than this weird concept of like the, I don't know, like the Feywild barbarian or something. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of that. And then a little bit of what's unique or maybe what would be fun in the context of our game. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe the wild heart fits pretty well versus if you tried one of the other barbarians, maybe it didn't, you know, yeah. um, what was it like? Um, I'm trying to think of the one I played was the ancestral, spirit one um but i forget the the full name of it but that was the the ability you got you could call your ancestors yeah in to come and help you fight which i thought was a cool concept for a barbarian um so interesting so i um i i'm planned to play it again because i want to see the new ui they've tightened up all of the recordings they did the voiceover stuff there's a lot of the glitchy enough stuff is gone um so i'd like to just see and i because i've already played through I don't what know, they two have. or three classes yeah. for several hours just to see how they play. So it'd be fun to jump in and, pl- and play some Barbarian too. What about the um, that other one that you were playing? What was that one called? Celasta? Have you done that still? Now, Celasta I haven't gotten back to because the Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous has taken up more <laughs> of my time. Because So it's like, I want to go back to it. And I think they released some more they did, yeah. DLC. And yeah. um, there's still a big group of people that like playing that one too. But the Pathfinder one... If you had to ask me which is the best one so far, I think it's that Pathfinder one. It, it inches ahead of Baldur's Gate 3 for me right now. And it's definitely ahead of Celasta, Divinity Original Sin, some of those other ones that have come out before. It's just done so well um, for Pathfinder stuff. And it's so interesting on the amount of classes is just bonkers. And the amount of yeah. subclasses is bonkers. And the stuff you can and do. And it's, ri- it's stuff we haven't seen because Celasta yeah. took the open game license and then they made their own stuff. So it's 5e, but they they really have been making their own stuff, yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I did see a short article we bumped over and maybe you guys talked about it in last week's show, but the starter set that we were we it, I saw it was confirmed like the Oh yeah, the I assumed it was. To I haven't several, heard about it though. But several like article news agencies reached out to them and got a confirmation from Wizards of the Coast that it okay, is real. Cool. That it, they just haven't announced it yet, and we haven't gotten anything else on it. But it's definitely real. yeah. Because we were talking like, do they really need <clears throat> one? But then we were talking yeah. that that probably sells better than like regular books. And then every yeah. every purchase of a starter set is probably almost a guaranteed purchase of a player's handbook. Some other book. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense that they would do another one. I, I was just like, well, I thought you'd double down on your other stuff. But as rules are changing, they want to bring the latest and greatest out there. So, Yep. And, I mean, we're getting Call of the Netherdeep. But I haven't seen anything. Maybe I, I went around looking in our, our leaks area. I went on Twitter trying to find any leaks. I went around yeah. the internets. Have you heard anything through your your web? Of, my my of, circles of spies that yes. I have at, at Wizards of the Coast. No, yep. I have not heard anything either. And I think it That's was un, unusual that we, we got information last year about Strixhaven so late and things like that. I think that was unusual because they needed to release the playtest material and that playtest material was so obviously uh Strixhaven that they just announced it early. So I think with this I I would be I think after this uh Netherdeep book is released is when they will be like hey we have these one or other products on the line uh, coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um because it's easier to, well, and they haven't been doing hype, but I was going to say it's easier to hype up this product before you get people excited about the other product that they have to wait like three, four months for, you know? Right. Um, right. But lots of talk about the 50th anniversary, you know, and D&D 5.5 and a new version and all this other stuff. And so uh, I... And yet we're in March and we've heard nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's rumored uh, yeah. and things like that. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. That's crazy. I, I'm surprised. I don't have an idea. Like, I think the last idea we got was, or the last 
playtest that I remember was the the new races that were kind of spelljammerish. There was like an mm-hmm. ooze and a uh, mechanical gnome and things like that. Yeah. And it's weird to be like spelljammer confirmed because it's so bonkers that I'm like I don't think that they would do that. But I can't see those races being in in maybe a uh maybe a magic the gathering setting that i'm not aware of i don't know or or yeah, something but uh well and i still i still think Kryn is coming i still think Dragonlance is coming oh, because see, i think it's not no you don't think so i still i, I have a no dragon lance coming okay i could be i could be totally wrong just like you're saying i'm i'm convinced there's star jammer coming but i know there's a lot of people that are skeptical because obviously they've made it a meme and a joke this whole time so yeah. it wouldn't I mean, so most people are like, it won't surprise me if they never do it. I'm convinced they're going to do it, but I'm also, for whatever reason, I'm convinced they're not doing Dragonlance just because of the problems they had with the whole thing that I feel like they just want to wash their hands of it and don't want to have any more legal problems or any more, any of it. They would just rather let it go and be, we're moving on. (laughs) Well, and I guess I want to point out that they, uh, yeah, Drunken Yoda was saying, like, well, what would their new take on Spelljammer be? And he's like, maybe a mix of Spelljammer and Planescape. And that's probably what we're going to see is like, I don't know, just like a big kind of mesh of those two settings together somehow so that you can. Yeah, yeah. Some type of planes hopping, but the. Planes hopping through space, maybe using a Spelljammer ship to go to other places. Yeah. 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 Totally. I think that's what's going to happen. But. With now, I lost my train of thought. It was mm-hmm. don't read chat, Jordan. Get lost in your thoughts. <laughs> um, darn it, drunken Rhoda. Legal troubles. <laughs> I don't know. Legal remember. troubles, yeah. Anyway, Dragon I still Lance. think Dragonlance is coming because it's one of the oh, I was gonna say, I don't think that Dragonlance, I think Dragonlance is gonna happen because it's one of those properties like uh, Spelljammer or Dark Sun or all those others that they um own, they don't need approval from. Margaret Weiss and or Tracy Hickman and all those people, uh, tr- they contracted Tracy and them to write a book, but they don't need them because they own it. Kind of like how they they like to drop Ed Greenwood's name every once in a while, but they don't need Ed Greenwood. They can do whatever they want to the realms, and they have. Um, and so, because of that simple fact that they own it, I think that they will be. Um, I think it will be at least in some way presented. Maybe it's going to be part of another book, like uh, this weird Planescape book that might come out or something like that. Maybe it'll be a a section in there. Um, And I think also because it's been mentioned so many times in, specifically in the last dragon book that came out, Fisben's Treasury of Dragons mentions uh, that area specifically, and Fisben is a Dragonlance character. So I don't know. But Tasha's a Greyhawk character. Morden Kanan's a Greyhawk character. We still yeah, have Greyhawk. Greyhawk so you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I would, I would, cor- I think I'm going to correct you on one piece there. I don't know if they contracted them. I think those authors went to Wizards of the Coast and said, "We want to write a continuation of novels. Can we make a deal?" I don't think it was. Oh, okay. Wizards of the Coast going to them and saying, "Hey, it's been 15 years and there hasn't been Dragon Dance novels. You guys ready to do them now?" I, I think it was the other way around. I think the authors wanted to do more writing and they finally were able to get a deal with wizards. Maybe somebody can research that. I, that was my impression, but um, I don't know. It wasn't that wizards was trying to drag it out of the, you know, the vaults and say, Hey, let's make it popular again. It was that the authors who had, you know, popularized it wanted to do more and were given a deal to do it. But then that deal fell through and then it got reworked and then it was given to them. I thought, in the settlement well they they settled out of court we don't know what the settlement is but wizards of the coast is still publishing the book for them yes yeah yeah so So they are still getting paid to write a book for wizards of the coast yeah yeah or one or more really wasn't it a deal for a couple it might be three i don't know yeah i think that was the whole thing yeah yeah we'll 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 know when they actually release i guess we'll get to see them which is later this year uh i believe so yeah, they're Those hard things. to read if you go back and read the old ones these days. I don't. I'm hoping the new really? ones will be. You didn't yeah, like the, the original. Have you gone Dragonlance? back and read them? Uh, I've read the first one. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, Dragons of Autumn Twilight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like so. it was a. It felt like really old fantasy fiction to me. Like it was back in the day when it was kind of just starting out, and it it, it didn't feel like 
the refined George R. R. Martin, Brandon Sanderson, you know, full on fantasy writers that we have these days. Well, different oh, different writing styles, I guess, for different people. Yeah. I don't know because I like some of the older stuff, but I don't. I don't know. But there's um, a style to it, I guess. Is what I guess I'm so. Saying. Yeah, and you're right. Still in that. Yeah. Um. I I've been wanting to read Patrick Rothfuss because I hear those are really everybody good. loves Patrick. Um. But. I want to, now that cat's out of the bag. I want to talk about uh, Brandon Sanderson, who I have never <laughs> read one of his jump. novels. Uh, yeah. I have never read a Brandon Sanderson novel, and within two days, he he started a Kickstarter for some secret novels that he wrote during the pandemic. Yeah, I've got the page so, up right now. Yeah, and within two days, he became the number the highest funded Kickstarter ever, and he still has like twenty seven days to go for this yep. and it's at 22 million as last i looked so 98,000 backers right now and i'm watching the thing spin 98 720 721 yeah it's at 23 million 545 what? and 800 545 and 900 yeah you know, it's so just like it's just going and going. and just like uh other kickstarters we've seen once once it's in the news because it's the highest grossing whatever like uh, it's going to get more like, it's just a down, it's a, it's a, a snowball. It's going to snowball down a hill is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And, but man, for a novel, like, and I'm just like, is, is this Brandon Sanderson guy really this good? Like I need to check out his novels, I guess. Cause I'm just like, what? Uh, but again, my friends are just like, you really do need to read some of his novels. They're super good. And so it's on my reading list now. Uh, yeah, I have man. not added any of his novels to my... I mean, he's on my list of things I want to dive into because he writes so many things. Yeah. But he's been on my radar all of a sudden this last year because when we started talking last year about you were making your adventure and I was starting to do a little bit of story writing and I was trying to figure out what that looked like or how that worked, he puts up... He does um, a professorship at um, BYU or some school like that, college, teaches a class. Yeah on fiction writing, non, you know, nonfiction writing or no fiction writing. And he puts them up on YouTube. So I was like, I was like, Oh, and, and then it was like, Oh, it dawned on me. He took over for Robert Jordan after, you know, yeah. I love that series. And I'm like, and then I watched the show on Amazon. And so I was like, all these things just kept pointing me more yeah, and more Sanderson, back to Sanderson, Brandon. Sanderson, yeah. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. A lot of my friends have read his books and they love them and they, you know, they can't wait for more of the series. And then it was funny listening to him talk because he's so prolific. Like he is like this machine of a writer and you should go watch his video because he explains it probably better than me or Jordan ever would of those that haven't read his books yet. Um, But he just pumps books out left and right. Well, and and that was the thing is, yeah, I'll I'll summarize the video, but you should go watch it. It's kind of fun. Uh, where he introduces the Kickstarter, but basically he's like, so normally I am writing, but then a huge chunk of my time is to travel and promote my books and to go to conventions. Uh, But because of COVID, he's like home more and he just got inspired to like write extra books. And he wrote a whole slew of extra books in the last four years. And I was like, I don't know. It's just, but if that's your only job, and I guess if it's also your passion, and so he was in a position where he was like, well, I, yeah, I guess I'll just write. But I'm I'm blown away because I struggle with getting um, simple yeah. adventures written to put out into the world or to write for my home table. But I'm also working a, you know, eight to five job trying to mm-hmm. put food on my table for my family. So yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. Like, I'm just blown away by that man's uh, the the ability to do that. Like, even if they're terrible books, which I doubt they are. To say I wrote four novels in two years is kind of like, okay, like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Most people might write one novel in many years yeah. versus something like that. So he has definitely made me feel like, man, I should try to accomplish a little bit more. I could put a little more effort into <laughs> stuff. I could try to finish something. I could start a million things. Can I finish anything? Um, so yeah, he's, I, I'm, inspired by it i also have backed it i got the um the e-file versions of as one of the levels and the audio files so if i can do either one oh, when cool. they finally do come out he did put another video out that kind of talks a little bit about the first secret book but i think i'm going to stay away from most of that stuff i'm just going to be surprised i'm going to read it from you know scratch i don't know much yeah. about it and then i'll dive in um and i'm sure it's gonna be great and i'm sure it's fun and i'm glad that 
you know, he's going to be this successful. He works really hard and he seems to be a really, truly nice guy, teaches college courses so other people can become writers if that becomes their passion. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, why not, you know, have a a great $23 million Kickstarter? I mean, he just got to work with Amazon as, you know, a consultant on the Wheel of Time show. So, you know, it's like, Good for him, and I'm I'm glad that you know it's working out for him. And maybe we'll get some shows off his books. Maybe that's well, what's going to be in the in the future. Yeah, I I wonder how quickly we're going to create a. Uh, I think the, his I think his world or universe is called Cosmere, if I'm not correct. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and I am like, well, when is this Cosmere? Right. Uh, tabletop RPG world going to come about or we're going to play it yeah. in the Cortex system or Wizards is going to hire him to make us a, a supplement book of Cosmere and so yeah. Uh, but yeah I don't know it's crazy so, uh, I thought that was pretty was. cool and it was just came out of the blue just kind of out of nowhere um, which was fun and I, I subscribed to his channel I don't know I want to say about three months ago so I keep watching his videos that he pops up mm-hmm. and he does uh, he does a podcast with another author and while he's doing it, he's signing books. This guy is a machine <laughs> at signing books, right? He is just, they're bringing stacks in and he's just going through them, going through them. And they do like an hour long podcast because while he's signing, he's talking to the other author and yeah. they're just going over maybe shows they watched or stories they're thinking about or just whatever's going on. And um, it's funny to watch that. And those are the ones that were popping up. And then all of a sudden this one pops up. He says, I have to come clean, you know, he he plays the whole joke of, you know, so he's done something terrible. Um, and I was like, oh, no, what did Brandon do? Now I'm going to have to hate Brandon. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, God, thank God it wasn't that. So, so yeah, very it's, cool. it's really cool. I think that's awesome. And I hope uh, I, I I just like how these million dollar Kickstarters for tabletop RPG stuff started flooding uh, Kickstarter. I, I'm now wondering how many fantasy authors are going to flood Kickstarter with their uh, hey, you could like get my book and use the same format as him because it was so successful. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, he had a lot of clout behind him to start this. Uh, he wasn't a nobody obviously. Yeah, definitely uh, the power of somebody who is famous then to decide to do like a Kickstarter is has ginormous potential, right? Because I mean at this point, like most of the things we see, you know, there might be 10,000 backers or maybe you've got, you know, six or a thousand backers. 500 backers. Pretty, like, there's lots yeah, of people that have successful. like, like they have like a thousand dollar Kickstarter or a $500 Kickstarter and yeah. you get like your 85 backers and you're good. You're good you know? to go. But we He's don't see like a lot of those. Almost a hundred thousand people ready yeah. to back. So when you have that kind of, you know, it'd be like, I guess like a big movie star or a big musician or somebody just, you know, like if Taylor Swift said, Hey guys, I want to kickstart my next album or something. Yeah. You know, the, the amount of fans they have to bring to the table could just no, and I like that. Like put put the power back into the artist, back you into know? the fans and the cool. artist, and get rid of all these other. You know, yeah, we don't tweets. need middlemen to tell us what kind of music to make and stuff. So <laughs> that's right, middlemen, get out of there. <laughs> get out of here! Ah, what are you doing? You're in the middle. It's so annoying. You're in the middle. Uh, yeah. So uh, before we end the discussion on him, I have been working on a video on the types of magic in uh, not only D and D but like role playing games in general. And that's how I discovered Brian Sanderson because he has Brian Sanderson's Five system. Rules of Magic, and it's and it's four uh, books, novels, fantasy novels. But I really like mm-hmm. that you could take those same principles and apply it to uh, a, a game mechanic, a fantasy game. So, uh, and it's interesting to then let's take the world of D anD D, and that magic system is you know very broken down. And the more I studied that, the more I'm like, it really makes sense that Eberron is a thing. Because casting a fireball is the same every single time. It's it's a very repeatable experiment. And if you had something that was that repeatable and that, like, I can do this consistently the same way every single time, it would become industrialized, which is what Eberron is. And so I was like, I have a lot of a lot more respect for Eberron, and it's not just kind of a, uh, oh, yeah, and we have this other campaign setting. It really does fit the rules of D&D a lot better than you would think. So, Yeah, and I think as a dungeon master, you can benefit from listening to how he creates books, structures stories, thinks about stories and characters and plots, because that's kind of what we're doing in our games for our players 
and it's useful to have some of the knowledge that the, the, the writer has to be able to go back to your campaign that you're building and maybe really make a really cool story. So he's kind of relevant for what we do too, not just being you know a, a fantasy author, but also can be a lot of his points are things that we can bring into our games and you know have fun with our players and our stories yeah. that are being told. So. And I, I incorrectly said Brian Sanderson. Sorry, Brandon Sanderson. Brandon. Got my B names mixed up. Um, yeah, what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I did have Pathfinder news. A little bit of it Let's was Inevitable Excess is the new DLC out for uh, Wrath of the Righteous. So that just came out. It's an ex- story extension, uh, which leads you a little bit deeper into the story. One thing that most people are saying they like about it is in the original game, when you play all the way through it, you get your mythic path, which is this like super crazy powered thing that you can become and choose throughout the game. But you get it at the very end, just before you're about to do like the last battle, you do the last battle and then you're done. Right. So you didn't get a lot Uh of time to use this mythic ability, angel or demon or necromancer or whatever it was that you chose. And uh, so this adventure allows you to play a little bit more, in with those powers and see what those abilities can do and see the kinds of you know high powered craziness you can get up to so i thought that was kind of cool big patch came out to fix a bunch of stuff um i'm still loving it and going through it i'm still in the beginning areas but building characters and taking them through and see how they are like how does a cavalier do it how does a druid do it how does a yeah. you know how does a bard play through this how, and it's just fun going through and seeing the different combinations and things that you can do um, and then for the tabletop version, I went and looked out right now. The big thing out is Lost Mammoth Valley, which is their next uh, adventure path. It's the second of the third in a series. So there's going to be three of those. There's a bunch of um, Pathfinder Society adventures getting released this month. And they're doing a big buildup in March of just adventures and those kinds of books. And then I believe in uh, April or May is when their next big book comes out, which is the um, the, the Dead um Book of the Dead, I believe, is the next big one that cool. they have coming out, which is super cool. Um, I was excited because we were talking about computer games, and it's related to Dungeons & Dragons because it's Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, and they're doing a Dungeons & Dragons themed with guns. It's it's a Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons themed Borderlands expansion, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, she's running a adventure, and the players are playing it. That's kind of the meta story that's going around it. But then you get to go in and you get to actually play this cool, fun game. That releases on March 24th, so I'm looking super forward to that. Um, So that was the big thing. And then I saw when I was just clicking around, did you watch the Dragon Prince Netflix show? Yeah, so that was created by the Avatar The Last Airbender people, I think. I believe so. I I was watching it. I didn't finish it. So I I think I got halfway through it, maybe. I don't know. Like, season one. I don't know if there's multiple seasons. I didn't get very far. Um, mostly because I just don't watch a lot of TV. Um, and now my TV is taken up with Sesame Street. Uh, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> But I did like what I saw. It was, a, it, it was a fun world. I liked that the elves had just less fingers than normal. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, Fandom, which is... They own D&D Beyond. Um, yeah. They're gonna, They're releasing the game they've been working on for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's coming out, and uh, it's called Tales of Zadia, and it is a tabletop version of that game built on what they're calling the Cortex system. I haven't played or seen what the Cortex system is, Um, and they're going to have on the D&D Beyond website, they're going to have the rules and character creator, I believe. Yeah. Um, So you'll be able to get to see that. Yeah, so they're going to fully integrate it into um, their online stuff, but it is a tabletop game that you can just play, and I, I think they... I think fandom bought Cortex. So uh, oh, Cortex was a system that was out there. Um, and I don't want to, I'm going to uh, compare it to a Monty Cook game, but only in this aspect is that it is kind of like the Cypher system in that it is a game that is trying to cover a bunch of different genres. So yeah, that makes sense. it is not like, this is not the Dragon Prince game it is the generic Cortex uh, game that they are putting the Dragon Prince like uh, hat on to make it Dragon mm-hmm. Prince. So it's got a, a flavor of, of this Netflix show. Uh, but I hear Cortex is, is okay. It kind of reminds me of, um, I've read the rules briefly, but it kind of reminds me of the 
uh, cinematic universe system, which is commonly referred to on the internet as the uni system and was really popular in the 90s. Uh, and I say popular, like RPGs have blown up so much since then. So it, it probably is not popular at all by today's standards. But uh, the cinematic universe system was a way to say, I want to play Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or I want to play... Uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, or I want to play Kroll, or all these movies that you like, how do we incorporate those worlds into a game? And the cinematic universe uh, system allowed you to do that. And so Cortex is kind of like that. And and to an extent, Cypher's kind of like that too, where you can kind mm-hmm. of just play a Definitely. bunch of different stuff, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm curious if there is a not... Yeah, they bought Cortex from... Oh, from Margaret Weiss? I didn't know that. Thank you, Victor. So apparently Margaret Weiss Productions uh, created Cortex and they sold it. So um, I, th- I oh, RPG DMCA, we would have to look. I think it is, I think it is a dice pool system, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, uh, I know fandom is very excited about this because they want to buy other, or license other properties and then create not only you know, here's the dragon prince, but then you could go to that website and do a drop down box because it's literally the same game uh, of putting a different thing. And then I could play Futurama or, Mm -hmm. you know, Simpsons or whatever licensed thing they get. And then they could, you could play games in that world. So Uh, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. (laughs) It'd be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what the system is like. I always like seeing different systems. I know you're building your modular system and you've, you've played around with D six systems. I've seen yeah. some interesting 2d 20 systems. Um, you know, the cypher systems, a D 20 system, D and is the D 20, but there's the lots Star of Star Trek cool is like 2d 20, I think. And yeah, yeah. I like yeah, the Star I love Trek the 2D20 system a lot, with Modifius's so. games use that quite often. So, um, and D six systems, you know, 2d six plus some plus stat, you know, is your, uh, powered by the apocalypse Power, kind yep, of games and one. stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, I love just looking at the different types that you can get. And I'm glad there's a lot of variety out there. So if you have whatever fandom, you know, you might, like you were saying, you could be Firefly or you could be yeah. Doctor Who or you could be, you know, just anything. You can play these games. You can be, fan, you know, Lord of the Rings. You could still play in this world, you know, yeah. use codex. The catch for me, I think, else. like we we like crunchy stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I like building a character and kind of finding the niche of it. Um, But I think if I was going to play, like, hey, guys, we're going to do a Doctor Who game. I really need very simple mechanics. And maybe that's where, like, fate comes in and and things like that. But, yeah, I'm thinking of a lot of these games. I'm like, you can't make it complicated because I already have to have this, like, knowledge of the, you know, Firefly universe in order to play in this thing. I can't, I, I don't know, I think that would be hard. You would have to be a very strong fandom to incorporate complex fights and also. Right. But yeah. think of that, like, what, what would you say, I mean, obviously, you've done a lore channel on Forgotten Realms. But yeah. Other than that, let's say, I'm sure you have another fandom that you're a part of where you have a lot of knowledge. Maybe it's Pokemon, maybe it's Magic the How Gathering. Dare you, sir. How dare you, sir? You know, go ahead. I don't know, Shovel Knight, you know, maybe, you know, <laughs> everything there is to know about. I know because I know you get into some games that you just you dive right into. And yeah. it's probably one of the Nintendo games or the the stuff you've been playing on Switch where you would all of a sudden say, all right, I can run a, a Breath of the Wild Zelda game because yeah. I just played 900 hours of Breath of the Wild. I know I can play this world. So mm-hmm. And, and if you have a system that can be so configurable, it doesn't matter what you want to do. It's there and ready for you to use. And you're that fan. Like me, it's aliens or, you know, it's me, yeah. Starship Troopers or, you know, for for that sci-fi stuff. And if it's fantasy stuff, I mean, I, I love George R. R. Martin. I'd love, you know, I could do a Game of Thrones and know a lot about the different factions and the different the themes of those kinds of yeah. stories. I think would be really good. So It's hard to build a generic that. system. Or whatever. Um, and one of the things, if you go to uh, CortexRPG.com, one of their uh, proponent or one of their advertisements of this game is that not only are you are you building an RPG world, but you're also building characters and kind of the system. So mm-hmm. like you, you're taking this system and kind of making it work in different ways. 
if I had a bunch of my RPG like nerd friends who were all about that, I would love to sit down and be like, we're going to create not only a world together, not only characters, but like how the mechanics are going to work. Like, how do you want magic to work in this world? That would yeah. be really interesting. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't see that as a huge marketable thing because oftentimes I'm struggling to get players at the table to be like, okay, guys, yes, yes, no, that's a D12. Roll the D20. I know they look similar, you know? So it's kind of like, ah. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, like, yeah, like you have those really weird, complicated games. Like uh, I still struggle with Invisible Sun to find people to play that, you know? And right. so... I don't know. It's kind of But if you get like you said the big the big nerds, you get yeah, like the Lex right. together, you get Ted, you know, you know, you're sitting around in a conference like room. Like the people that Gen like Con game design, I, they would be all about it for yeah. sure. Yeah, I and think, then all so. of a sudden you could sink a lot of time into it for sure. Yeah. So, those are the things I thought that was cool. I felt like it was a it was a D&D light news cycle at the moment, even it's though we have a book we're waiting coming for out March, yeah, in 10 so. days. <laughs> um, and we're waiting to see what the very next big hype thing will be. But I thought it was a good month or starting to a month of gaming news in general, even yeah. if it wasn't relative to Dungeons & Dragons itself. Um, it feels like it's uh, things are picking up, things are getting, you know... There's lots of stuff to explore and try out depending on what your tastes are and what you're what you like to play and what you like to do. So I was excited. Uh, yeah. I am excited. Um, <laughs> he's he's excited, guys. Uh I wanted to briefly mention, because I always have to talk about Dungeon Crawl Classics, that yep. uh Dungeon Crawl Classics one hundred, which is the uh the adventures that Goodman Games have released are in sequential order. Uh, well, the adventures are not meant, meant to be played in order, but every time they release a new one, they add a number to it. And this includes their old D&D 3.5 stuff. So D&D okay. 3.5, when they first started, they were making adventures that way. And I think it was around the 60s that they started releasing uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics adventures modules. And then the numbers just kind of kept going. Well... Um, Dungeon Crawl Classics 100 is this huge adventure that they've been working on. It's called The Music of the Spheres is Chaos. And uh, it's got some really cool, like, design things where there is a, a spinning wheel dungeon. So, like, while you're playing, there, you're going to have a physical prop wheel that you get to move around the table that's going to alter the dungeon or the story. So it's, it's meant to be very... Um, uh, replayable, like over and over is kind of the idea. And mm -hmm. uh, it looks really fun. Like it looks really cool. That is currently uh, in Kickstarter. It's got six days to go. I haven't really been talking about it, but uh, they've raised $175,000 and uh, I'm excited for it. So I backed it um, for at the, I think it's like a 55 level is what I did. So I'm going to get the box set um, and the PDFs, but they've got dice and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Uh, again, if you like DCC, I think this would be a, a really cool addition. So, <laughs> and who doesn't it's, like DCC? It's pretty fun. <laughs> um, and then I, I still haven't been playing games. Uh, it's been so sad. I keep, I keep pinging people. I think DM Nathan is going to finish his campaign soon, and then we okay. we're, we're going to start another one, but it might not be till April. So I'm going to have another month of like no games. And then my poor Dutcher Crawl Classics game people, they have been traveling and doing other stuff. And then people have been sick and then they've been doing theater rehearsal. Uh, so we're not meeting this week, maybe next week, but I can never know. Um, but we did announce this on the show last week that you weren't here for. Um, <gasps> the Rod of Seven Parts Banana Bunch is going to get back together. Back together. Yeah. So that is going to happen in Mayish, we think. Uh, and I'm going to start running those on probably Wednesday nights and Ted will stream it again and I'll release it as a podcast. So I've been plotting that, which I think is going to be a little fun. Well, and realize for Dungeon Masters all around the world, I believe, well, I guess in our area, USA, um, <laughs> this is the time where spring is moving into summer. People start doing lots of things outdoors, traveling, doing and they have a lot more options to do stuff yeah. so game nights kind of can suffer sometimes during the summer months mm -hmm. of oh we're going camping or oh we're yeah, going we, trip or oh we we decided if you're if you're running a game <laughs> on a weekend 
that yeah. is the worst time because everyone's right. like, oh, actually, I'm going camping or, oh, I'm doing this. Like, you need to run on, like, a Monday or a Tuesday night because people yeah. will be like, I, I was working today. I'm not doing anything. Let's go play games. So, <laughs> so yeah, and I, I notice like, you know, I think we're hitting that time again where maybe the attendance isn't so great. So just struggle through it again, you know, Dungeon Masters. It's part of the cycle that we I think we all go through when, when summer hits and there's a lot more activities that people can do. Um, but, you know, the game's always there for when people, you know, the falls start to come in, the winters start to come in, and um, or even a camping trip. I think it would be fun to plan a camping trip with friends, but then you're playing, the whole point is to play Dungeons & Dragons in the woods while be camping kind of and doing some fun stuff. And I definitely would like a and a hiking and stuff. Yeah. And... I definitely would like a cabin for that. Yeah. But I think yeah. if you're not going to play, if you're going to play gridless, like theater of the mind, then you just need a box of some dice. And that could be a lot of fun yeah. around a campfire. Even so. just a picnic table and have your stuff yeah. out and everybody's cooking some s'mores and you're playing, rolling some dice at night, you know, just having a good time. And, I think that'd be a fun oh, little But when you drop that D4 into the dirt and then you find it the next day by stepping on it, I don't know. Yeah. So. yeah. That's the one you can always find because you'll step on it. It's the other That's ones true. that you never find again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, since I haven't played games, uh, I'll just move on. But Lucian, what is going on in Dungeon of the Mad Mage? Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Uh, we're on floor 10. We've been here for a bit, for a couple sessions or so. Lots of drow, which I want to rub in a little bit because you've been wanting to do a drow campaign. We've had about yeah. as much drow as you could possibly have. Super cool. Point. So there's been a lot of it. Um, they've all been annihilated at this point. Oh, no. For whatever reason. <laughs> Our party is very drow, anti-drow. Um, although I think we did find a couple of, peop couple of drow we let go that were maybe just like in the wrong place at the wrong time. But then the bad faction was there and... We're taking out the bad faction. We did rescue spoilers. We knew if you come to this show, you're going to get a little bit of spoilers. We rescued a halfling band from this level, which I okay. thought was a cool little thing to what, add. What is to their name? The campaign. Like I, I don't remember if he. Even, I don't even know if our group asked. Like that's how dumb. Oh man, about. I would have come up with like, some punny name. That would be so cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, well, did they have white white cabin. makeup? Were they mini kiss? Like yeah, were... we, that's what I wanted. <laughs> but I want we want them to play at our bar because every time we there's another level, I think it's third level where there's the um, vampire reenactment group is down there, and you encounter them in this in the dungeon, the Mad Mage, and we've contracted them to work at our bar to do theme nights of you know vampire nights at our bar. That's so fun. Come and do stuff. So we're like, oh yeah, we could have a halfling band. How cool would that be? So we're trying to get them to be our our band for our our place too because we're ack inc and we own the north quarter of Waterdeep at this point <laughs> which has been kind of a fun thing but um the the levels have been good we're in that you know 11th level 12th level of character class so we're starting to get into some of the good powerful abilities we're fighting lots of um crazy creatures that we haven't seen before um, or haven't had to fight yeah. before. And now this one's a big level of drow stuff. So very drow themed, which is cool. So you get a lot of the creatures that might be, you know, around those types of things, giant spiders and driders and, you know, all this other stuff. Um, and we're still going down. Halister is still a crazy place there. You never know what you're going to get on the next level. You never know what little storyline is running, what little mini kind of side adventures happening on this level as you're moving your way down. And uh, so we're still going strong, still having lots of fun. It's, I don't know if it's a midway point because I think there's, I've heard like 26 levels or 30 levels or something like that. So I don't know how far down we're going to get, but we're, we're making a good run at it. I, I want to say you're halfway-ish. I, th I think I th from the adventure point of view, yeah. probably halfway-ish, even though there might be more. I think the, I think the rooms get smaller just for like, just to consistency who knows maybe not yeah. i don't know <laughs> i've i've, I've only <laughs> glanced at it briefly it's yeah. a it's a hell of a module so yeah it's one that's allowing us to go through a, a long progression of characters which has been fun and nice and yeah uh, so you can really you know flesh out what that concept you had of your character and really live in that character it's not just one shots or you know a couple of sessions and you're moving on to whatever the next game is it's been we've been with these characters for a long time now so that's been super fun to to build them and we're 
we're over there building them in the the um the company that sells the minis that you can have pre-ordered and then ship to you um hero forge yeah hero forge so yeah. we've got like serious full hero forged out miniatures and stuff it's awesome and make them look really good and um it's that's been my really that's my new go-to place when i'm after i design a character on paper I go there and then I start doing its physical features. So then I have a better idea of being like, oh yeah, he's got like a, a satchel on his side and like a dagger and uh, like dark skin and like, but like white beard, you know, just so mm-hmm. that, because uh, I'm really bad at describing my character. People are like, okay, you got a character. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's, I, I don't know. He's, I guess he's handsome. Well, I don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's loud. He's loud. <laughs> he's bombacious. Yeah. So I think um, that's been super fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's on Tuesday nights. It's still on Danimal's channel. Um, our digital dungeon master from down under, our Australian dungeon master, which has been super fun. And I'm still getting a huge itch to, to run a game. Yeah. Um, I really, really, really want to run a game. I'm really into Pathfinder 2E stuff at the moment and looking at the stuff. I really wish um, Nexus was up and ready to go for their character creator and stuff they've got their oh, rules set up and yeah. they've got their compendium stuff well have you tried in roll 20 but they have yeah and no Just, i should go look you should to go see look you like roll 20 creator. you should try it out i love roll 20 yeah oh and yeah roll 20 I there's just probably not a character creator but i bet you could get the might be. the basic rules and then you could see how it connects together. So they might have a character. And it's answer. it's D and D. It's I mean it's not, but it is. Like you you're overthinking this. You need to just go in yes. and do it. So. Yes, I agree. But speaking of character creation, I we've been talking on the Discord a lot about Worlds Without Number, which is a really cool RPG. Oh, yeah. And then I was thinking that a fun live stream would be like let's just make a character using this system that I'm not familiar with. You know? Yes. Um, and then like. Through the live stream, you can just chat and kind of stumble through it. So I, I was thinking about doing a Worlds Without Number character and just create one and be like, I don't know. Like, how do I we do that? I was thinking that's a great so. show idea where you pick different systems yeah. and you just do a, hey, let's just create a character and see what it kind of looks like and see what we can figure out in any of these systems. And then the, sh- the show would just be what system will we do next would be the next show. You know, oh, let's try a Cypher character. Or, yeah. Oh, I yeah. heard this Cortex. No, I like that. I, I think that would be kind of fun. Cortex one would be cool. Uh, Nathan has a really good... He wants to know if Danimal, when he's DMing, does when you cast Control Water, does it swirl the other way because of we the We did hemisphere? ask him that. Oh, did and he you? says yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, it does. It swirls like I like to call the non-American way. Yeah. So. He actually has a bigger ex- explanation for it. And I know it's because he gets the question so much from the <laughs> Australian. And he's like, actually... The uh, the thing that controls it the most is the shape of the drainage. But if all things are equal, as the yes. way he explains it, it does go the other let's, way. Let's let's go equal. into the Coriolis effect. <laughs> yes. I, I would like to now. I want to build a water mage called Coriolis. That would be fun. Yeah, uh, so he, he does go into it quite a bit, so it's always funny. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, do it. Let's do a show where we just build characters. I, like I think it'd be idea. fun, especially with people who kind of like it, it would be really good if you had some people that knew the system well in the chat with you, plus oh, yeah. people that don't know it or just interested in it, plus you're just coming to it and you're like, okay, I want to pick this. And then you're like, oh, does that work? And then chat could be like, oh, no, 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 this is how that thing works. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. I'll pick this point for that thing or mm-hmm. I'll do this thing for that. I think it'd be a really fun show. It would also, it. yeah, it would also be really good to. Or another idea that I think people would get out of this is to see how confusing or how well written the instructions for character creation are. Because you're looking and you're like, "Uh, what? What step one? I can't even find it. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Am I like you know?" And so, rather than having someone walk you through it, it would be interesting to see how well the text is written. So, yeah. Or I could play Coriolis. I get you, Victor. It's okay. Yep. Sorry, chat. I think it'd be super fun. <laughs> I think I would. I'd be all aboard. I'd be on board for a show like that, or even a live stream get together to do something like that, and we just knock out some characters and stuff. That'd be fun. Okay. Um. Sure. Well, tonight maybe when my uh, my baby goes to sleep, I'll try to do a world building or a character building stream or something. So you guys can watch fun. out for that. We'll see. I'm gonna play Lost Ark. 
I'm or I'll play, play video games again. That's the bad thing. I need to write video. I need to write scripts. <laughs> I got to make more videos. More uh, I think that's our show, though. Anything else show. you want to talk about? I want to talk about everything, but this is a big day. It is. Let me check the temperature because in Michigan, it has been super cold, so we've not gotten to do anything. Michigan. And it is currently outside 58 degrees. I'm going outside, buddy. Spring is happening. Uh, DM's day was last or was yesterday, but go tell your DM that they're awesome. I, I and told my DM today, uh, there's awesome. a bunch of sales on Drive Through RPG. There's a hum- humble bundle sale, lots of stuff going on. So go check those out. For sure. Uh, and I think that's it. We'll be back next week. What is? Yeah, we got ten days to wait. <gasps> so Jordan, it's first of the month. Got our siren. <laughs> so funny. I'm muting everything. Take us away. All right. So we'll be back next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D and D Show. Thank you guys so much for watching, and take care.